Welcome to Direct to Audio, a movie discussions podcast. I am your host, Spencer. Next to me, purring and cuddling up, is Storm. And we are both so excited because it's officially spooky season, y'all. So the whole month of October, I am going to be recording horror movie-themed episodes. So there's this one, the Friday the 13th countdown episode, the Halloween countdown episode, and a special final episode for the month that I'm very excited to record. For this episode... Pour yourself a cup of cider, wrap yourself in a blanket, turn off the lights, because we about to get spooky. I have Liz on. Liz is a good friend of mine from college who, once we both graduated, started to kind of realize we both really liked horror, and she expressed interest in being on the podcast. We pitched some ideas around for some movies, and she picked The Evil Dead. Uh, we're going to be going through the original. She wanted to cover that as one of her favorite horror movies. I love that movie as well, so I'm going to not spend much time on here. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. We have a Twitter now. It is direct to audio pod uh, at pod direct. Please follow that. Remember, share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Everybody needs something to listen to. Uh, the podcast is getting more listens. I'm very happy about that. People can now listen everywhere. We're on multiple new platforms. We're still available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anchor.com slash DTA pod. We're now on Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Breaker, and Overcast. So I'm so excited for that. But I'm not going to waste any more time. Now it's time for our feature presentation. All right, welcome everybody. I'm so glad to have another episode of the podcast going out. Today is a fun one. Uh, this has been in the works for, I mean, I don't know how many weeks, like a month it feels like. But we have Liz on. Liz, say hello. Hey, everybody, listeners. <laughs> yeah. uh, Liz is one of the listeners, uh, but she's also uh, one of the biggest supporters of this podcast. So first off, I said this off mic, but thank you. We wanted to get on the podcast today because Liz, like myself, is a horror movie fanatic and i didn't really know that we went to school together and we didn't really talk about that until we graduated which I, it really bummed me out yeah no for sure because i remember one of my first memories of you was we were at like some bar with a bunch of friends and all we talked about was rogue one like legit the whole night we were just fangirling over star wars and it was amazing yeah i think everybody who knows me knows that if i don't fangirl over like the beatles or cats it's about star wars <laughs> yeah. so yeah having liz be in our group of friends and be like oh yeah rogue one and i was like oh my gosh we need to talk about this right now yeah it just came to be that you started talking about horror movies on your personal instagram and i mm -hmm. started talking about it on mine and it kind of was a natural connection where we started talking about it together but i pitched you a couple movie ideas and what we wanted to break down and you suggested one that is one of my personal favorites, and yes. I was very excited, and I know it's a favorite of yours. You picked The Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead. Not yeah, that's... Evil Dead 2, like, the, that weird, like, remake. It was, like, a sequel, but, like, not. <laughs> so this is from, depending on where you look, 1981 or 1982 or 1983 because there's a lot of different things that happen with the film. If you aren't aware, listener, The Evil Dead is a 1981 supernatural horror movie written, directed, and produced by Sam Raimi. Most people would know Sam Raimi from doing the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. He also did Oz the Great and Powerful. He did Drag Me to Hell, which is his return to horror. And he's actually, I didn't know if you know this, he's going to be directing the next Doctor Strange movie. I saw that like in the notes when I was looking through them and I was like, that is actually super cool. I'm super stoked about that. But we're going to talk about his first film, 
which is the Evil Dead, as you mentioned. So I think a lot of people know the series because of, like you said, the second one. Mm-hmm. I feel like people, when they think of Evil Dead, and I kind of fell in this trap too, where you remember certain scenes and it's like, oh, that's from Evil Dead too. Like the chainsaw arm. You remember the blood like squirting out of the uh, cellar. You yep. remember uh, him saying, groovy. And the uh, I'll swallow your soul part. <laughs> yeah. I think people, when they think about this series, kind of skip over the first one because they either go to the second one uh they'll go to army of darkness which is oh. it goes completely comical medieval horror mm-hmm. film yeah. or they think of that remake so different <laughs> yeah and it's strange to not look at this first movie which is in my it's legitimately scary mm-hmm. like i completely agree it's bloody it's a little campy i mean because it's his first movie it's had a low budget like ninety thousand dollars which for filmmaking is like nothing yeah, it's a low-budget horror, but it, he does it really well. And I just think people kind of skip over it because it's not as funny as they think it's going to be. But it is a amazing horror film in its own right. What I really like about the first one is the look and the feel of the film. Usually when people say, oh, that's so gritty and so real, I'm like, oh, yawn. But for this, I feel like it works because it has that low-quality look to it. So all the action and everything seems more real. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of how I yeah. describe a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I love how gritty it looks because it feels like you kind of found the film somewhere and you shouldn't really be watching it. Like, it feels grainy. It was described as a combination of Night of the Living Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Three Stooges. <laughs> and I really feel like that kind of fits the vibe that it gives because it is a little campy. It's a little goofy. I mean, Ash yeah. is throwing his body all over the place. This movie's wonderful. And I'm so glad you picked this to talk about. And we're literally going to tell you right now, listener, we are going to break this movie beat by beat. There's going to be a film review. If you haven't seen Evil Dead, I'm going to tell you a point where you can stop if you haven't seen it. Please go watch it. It is a brief 85 minutes. Find it on Prime. You can find it on a couple different streaming services or just buy the movie. Mm-hmm. Support physical media. I know that I bought it off of Amazon Prime. It's not physical media, but it was only $8. Well, see, I so, support, so I, <laughs> I had the opposite side. I bought the Steelbook version. So I we both we supported both. You helped the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I helped the filmmaker. We're good. We got it covered. But yeah, please watch this if you haven't watched it. But there's some fun facts about the movie that I want to kind of cover here. Uh, he put on an ad in the Detroit News to try to get act and actresses to be in it all the characters in the film are from michigan state they're michigan state students go green go white and it's about these five kids who go off to a cabin in tennessee to just have a nice vacation only to unearth some demonic forces that terrorize the group and force them to try to survive the night but the kind of sad reality of the film is that it was filmed in some kind of horrible conditions so sam raimi was notoriously a little rude to his cast he had said if the actor is in pain and misery, it would translate into the horror of the film. Uh, newsflash to filmmakers, do not do this. Uh, that does <laughs> not work. Uh, you just piss off your actors and your crew. Unfortunately, that worked for Shelley Duvall in The Shining, but we won't go there because oh, Kubrick is a terrible person. <laughs> he's such an asshole. Uh, right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so if you don't know, just look that up. But I mean, so Sam Raimi kind of not to that extent, but did that to no. his cast. So Bruce Campbell hurt his foot while filming And Sam Raimi literally grabbed a stick from the woods that they filmed in and just poked his foot during shooting just to be an asshole. I did not know this at all. That is mind blowing to me. 13 of the crew members stayed in this tiny shack that they filmed in. There's no plumbing. Crew members got lost in the woods. And then (laughs) multiple members of the crew got injured. And several actors were accidentally stabbed. 
I like the term accidentally stabbed. <laughs> accidentally. Yeah, like, oops, there's a knife in your side. And then due to filming conditions, it was so cold when they filmed that many of them got sick. And then at the end of mm-hmm. shooting, to stay warm, they burned furniture that was in the shack. So, it's yeah, mm-hmm. just a mess of shooting. When you watch this, recognize that all of the actors are cold, tired, and probably really pissed off. So it, Yeah, it, super miserable. Great, it had an X rating for a while. It's still banned in some countries, and Raimi had to go to court overseas because of the gore that he showed. Uh, and I think it had an NC-17 rating for a while, which is still baffling to wow. me. Wow. Yeah. That it's still banned. Like, that's that's something else. Yeah, the fact that... Because you see so much worse stuff today. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's just the beauty of filmmaking. One little more fun fact is that the one of the reasons why this got worldwide distribution is because Stephen King saw us at Cannes Film Festival. He gave it a rave review, and then it helped get it picked up by New Line Cinema. So we can all thank Stephen King, not only for being the godfather of horror, it feels like, or the new king of horror, um, but to help move this movie get made and to help Evil Dead become a franchise. So thank you, Stephen King. Thank you for all of your work that you do, Stephen King. God bless. You know he is listening right now, so that does, actually does help. Uh, that would be great. Mr. Stephen King, please come out with another novel, even though you just came out with one. That'd I mean, be great. He prefers Steve. Let's Steve. Be real. I mean, I've Steve. Steve. <laughs> uh, Papa Stephen. Uh, Papa Stephen. Oh, my Do gosh. your work, and uh, thank you for everything that you do. Um, but with all, <laughs> all all the horrible stuff said, it's rated as a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And with my review combo of wackiness, it's 83.5%. So, I mean, it's still reviewed as a glorious film. It spawned three sequels. Because there's one coming up. Uh, and then it had the remake, a TV show, comic books, video games, a musical, and is widely regarded as one of the greatest indie films ever made. That's just insane to me. I love the musical aspect. I think I was supposed to see Evil Dead the musical, but I couldn't get tickets because they were all gone. Oh, yeah. I'm very jealous because yeah. I want to see it, but I feel like every time it comes, it's sold out. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And they tell you to wear um, some sort of covers because you're going to get covered in blood at some point, which I think slayers do. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but So do you have any extra things that you want to mention about this before we get started? Uh, no, I'll just kind of say things here and there once we uh, get into the nitty gritty of it. All right. Well, again, listener, Mr. Stephen King, if you, <laughs> if you haven't watched this movie before, please pause right here, watch it, and then come on back. But at this point, we're going to start reviewing The Evil Dead. So right off the bat, it starts with this wonderful POV or point of view shot across this foggy lake, which two things. One, I love how the shot is achieved where, I mean, we talked about this beforehand. Sam just held a camera over a raft and got pushed across the lake. Which is like just imagining that visual for like this really eerie shot. And then it's just a man on a floaty. And then I don't know if you feel the same way but how much of this budget was spent on fog machine juice probably i'd say like a good 90 percent of the budget was spent on that fog machine because that is there's a lot of fog used in this film it literally feels like at certain points it's like a haunted house where they're just yes. like they're like mega spooky pumping that fog <laughs> mega spooky there's, i love that <laughs> there's one part I, I don't know where it's at in the film but there's a shot of the moon and then you just literally see smoke like get like casually piped in on the moon it's just it adds to the charm of this film for sure no what i love about this opening scene is that i remember the first time i saw this scene 
because I hadn't actually watched the whole movie until like a, a few years ago. But I remember as a child going to a Halloween party at this big house that a friend was throwing. And I remember this scene so clearly because it was on the television and then the parents had turned it off or something. And for years upon years, I was like, what, like, what movie is that? And then once I saw it all these years later, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it at the time, but it was the evil dead. It was the opening scene. And so it stuck with me for like so long. I'm so curious. Do you know what they switched to? I don't remember that part at all. I, I just remember that scene, the POV scene. Does the ghost or the demons try to kill them by just pushing them off into a truck right off the bat? Because it feels that way. It really does. Because, I mean, sure, Scott, uh, Scotty's the one that's driving, correct? Yeah, Scotty, who I <laughs> yes. will tell you right now, I know we talked this beforehand, Scotty, I feel like, is such an a-hole this entire movie. <laughs> I don't know if he was just angry or if he played it this way, but Scotty's a dick whole time yeah he wasn't very nice at some points but near the end of the film i still do feel bad for him oh yeah you do feel so, bad for him but yeah you know what don't be a dick <laughs> just be a good person just, just be nice just be nice <laughs> yeah because like i was saying i don't know if it's scotty just being a reckless driver because he doesn't look like he's doing that great of a job as is but maybe i feel like maybe the demons are just trying to like scare him because what fun would it be if they just right off the bat, like, boom, you got hit by a truck and then you're dead. Right. But if you're trying to scare them and they're the only chance for you to get, you know, reborn, basically, why would you off them? So if you don't know the five characters, you have Ash, his girlfriend, Linda, his sister, Cheryl, who is the ultimate of third wheels, because then you have Scott and Scott's <laughs> girlfriend, Shelly. What is Cheryl supposed to do in that situation? Right. <laughs> many, a, many a date nights in like eighth grade. Oh you know, God. it was me just th uh, third wheeling it with all the other friends, like going out with their dates. But they're in college, so it's like... She is the ultimate of the third wheels. They're all going, like we said, on a vacation to a cabin that Scotty said he got a good deal on. Which uh, makes sense, because this cabin should be condemned. Honestly, it is the worst looking cabin i've ever seen like nobody on these airbnb sites would even think about putting this listing up it's crazy yeah no and i mean i will say the movie does a fantastic job showing how isolated they are because they have the long shots of the forest the dirt path the rickety bridge that falls apart as they drive across it it is isolated in the middle of nowhere and then you get to this cabin and it looks like it's about to just tip over and I, I love what you said about the isolation of it, because one of my favorite scenes is when they're just driving up with the car, which Sam Raimi loves to use that car in like all of in most of his films, apparently. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that was like his car. Mm -hmm. And I just love that scene of them driving up to the cabin. It's very I don't want to mention The Shining again, but it's very much like that film where they're going from one place to another. They're kind of transporting themselves into this other world, into this isolation for them in the cabin. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's definitely set up so well. And one of the things I also like, too, mm -hmm. is that the, but the trees are smacking the car as it drives by, which I kind of feel is kind of cool because the woods, if you don't know, attack them as they're going through this because the woods are possessed. And it kind of feels like it's already off to a start where the woods are, the trees are so low that they're literally smacking against this car as they drive through this desolate wasteland of a 
path that is there. No, I love that detail. I never even thought about that. That's really cool. So they get to the cottage or cabin. We're Michiganders. I always say cottage. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll try to say cabin more. Uh, but they get there and they set up this key gag immediately where he's like, oh, I got to grab the keys. He grabs the keys. The swing is smacking it. It's eerie. You can tell they're all kind of spooked. He's like trying to figure out which key opens the door. And there's a multitude of them. It's like a janitor. And then he opens the door and the swing stops and spooky immediately. <laughs> No, I love that cold stop because it shouldn't have stopped like that. It, you yeah. know, swings would usually like go slower and slower until they eventually stop. It was a dead stop, dead which stop. I think is so eerie and so cool. So after the whole setup with the swing, they go into the cabin and they start to get settled in. Um, I love the scene in particular where you see Ash's girlfriend like throwing the bags and Ash is like, oh, oh, and like is catching them. So it just... It shows, like, the fun playfulness of the group, I feel. They do have a sweet relationship. I do love Ash and his girlfriend's yeah. relationship. So, she, yeah, she's just chucking bags. Chucking bags at him. I love that detail. And so they're just getting all set up. And then we see Cheryl sitting in her room. She's drawing. And then you get some, like, gusts of winds. It gets super ooky spooky. And then I love when her hand, you see her hand turn white, like, visibly white. And she starts to draw the book out and it's she's ripping through so many pieces of paper because she is pressing so hard and you see your first image of the necronomicon and i just think it is so cool and you hear the voices outside saying join us join us and i just that scene is really eerie to me i see i love that scene i'm glad you said eerie because it's the first part of the movie where it you kind of start to realize what this movie is going to be you clearly see her hand get possessed and it just kind of kicks it into a gear. The tone just shifts right here. Like you said, there definitely is that tonal shift. And then once we're done with that scene with the hand possession, it shifts again when it, I believe it pops up with the mixed drink in the blender. And they're all sitting around the table and everything. And they're yeah. ready to party. <laughs> There's just a jump cut to a blender, which is scary in itself. Uh, and then all of a sudden... They're eating dinner, and the cellar door opens. It just flips open. It's very loud. Um, Scotty was just saying, party down. And they were blending their red, very red mixed drink, I might add. He makes that drink. That door flies open. And instead of being nervous, Scotty's first thought is, let's go into the cellar. I love when um, some of the dialogue, can I just say from the beginning film till now and some of the the delivery is just i think it's precious i think it needs to be talked about because <laughs> when one of the girls is like oh it, it might be some animal and then scotty's like an animal that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard and then he's like later when they're talking he's like yeah it's probably some animal i'm like hold on a minute <laughs> you just great like in uh i know we already talked about it but when they were driving in the car and they're just singing like some weird song yep just some um, royalty free song yeah right it's great some royalty free song that's amazing scotty uh in some choice dialogue go into the cellar and then scotty just goes silent ash the man he is goes into the cellar and that's kind of where it all kicks off where he goes in the cellar there's water dripping it's eerie, he's cold, wet, just plain scared. And then Sky just jumps out and scares him. 
typical movie trope like oh boo haha i got you there aren't many jump scares in the film which is nice uh but when they do you know come in some are some are warranted and then some are like oh then as you would you go to the back room where you see a light on and you go back there and uh you see uh the necronomicon which is a book with a face on it made out of human skin and it looks really good like disgusting like i would never want to touch that like ew Oh, no, but then you know what they do? They touch it. <laughs> he starts flipping through it. It's all written in blood and the the knife and everything like that. It's yeah, like... yeah, the dagger. And then there is a giant recording system. And, you know, I like to think, and this is what I've been told by some people, is like the, de- the demons make you do, it makes you do mm-hmm. things you wouldn't normally do. So they grab all this stuff. They do kind of some different things that they shouldn't do normally if you have common sense. But they grab everything and they bring it upstairs. And, yeah, the dagger is comically big, uh, and they bring it all upstairs. I like that thing you said about the demons kind of controlling them or, like, pushing them to do things that they normally wouldn't do. I feel like that explains a lot of the more silly decisions that they make in the film, if you want to look at it that way. If you can explain it that way, it's like, yeah, the demons have this control over the forest, they have control over this cabin, and now you're in there. Like, you, we already saw... She was possessed by it and started drawing a book out of her own free will. So they're naturally going to do things that they don't want to do. So they get upstairs and then they start to play the recording. And this is a part when I saw as a kid that scared me because this recording is haunting. Yes. He talks about how his wife was taken over by the demons and then he starts to read from the Necronomicon we pan out to the forest and the ground is starting to erupt and there's this red light and i don't know who would think it's cheryl starts screaming to like shut it off shut it off shut it Mm -hmm. off shut it off and it's like getting louder and louder and echoing and echoing and it's just it just ramps up to a level where you're like okay what this movie does brilliantly is it goes from being like fun to scary it's a nice pace and it just feels natural and then the ground basically erupts you jump into this POV shot, and then Sky shuts it off. And Sky says it was just a joke, which has never been said at any good time ever. Whenever somebody says, oh, it was just a joke, it never turns out well for anybody. No, it never turns out well. It's just a joke, never goes anywhere right. And then, I love this next shot, the moon is just insane. It looms over the entire cabin, and it's that way for the entire rest of the movie. I didn't notice that. That's super cool. And then they yeah. just do this weird, they, they do the scene where they just like zoom in on their eyes and Ash is pretending to be asleep. Oh my gosh, I, I love that. And like the, uh, the girlfriend sees that he has a box. And then there, there's so much eye zooming in this movie too. I never even realized how much, how many close-ups of their eyes there are. I love yeah. Ash so much. Bruce Campbell is such a nugget of a human being. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I agree. <laughs> then... He gives her a magnifying glass for ants. Is that what it's supposed to be? I just thought it was... Okay, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what it is supposed to be. That's the point. What is this gift? It's like a... It's a necklace with a tiny magnifying glass on it. It actually plays a big role in like this movie and the next movie. But it just kind of feels like they're like, well, we got to find something. And we got this magnifying glass and we have a cheap budget, so we're going to go with it. It was a very strange choice for a necklace. Like usually a boy will give a diamond, maybe a nice flower, like looking charm. But 
yes, your ant magnifying glass is pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. And then it immediately shifts to the first POV peeping Tom shot where the demons were. We have this camera that was established in the beginning where you're looking through the eyes of the demons outside and you're looking at the cabin. You see Ash and Linda hugging and you pan over to Cheryl who is changing in her room and obviously we're in the 80s you gotta show a little titty so that's in there (laughs) randomly i appreciate the classy you know it is definitely tasteful exactly um (laughs) and then you hear join us again or what does cheryl do (laughs) she goes outside (laughs) as you as you would (laughs) then she goes in the woods and the tree scene happens and if you've seen the movie before you know what i'm talking about we're not going to go in depth with this. It is crude. It's it's uncomfortable. It just doesn't need to be in this movie. Uh, if you've never seen this movie, it is triggering potentially. Um, I do want to point that out. So just know there's a scene in the woods. Sam says he does regret making the scene and wishes he would have done it differently, but that still isn't really an excuse. The actress knew it was going to happen except for one part. And if it, if you're listening to this and you've seen the movie and it makes you uncomfortable, I don't blame you. It is hard to watch, uh, but it is nonetheless a part of this movie. Uh, we're not going to talk about it any further. We're going to just move on. So after that, she runs away from the woods. And she's running back to the cabin and she's screaming. And the forest and the demons are chasing after her. I do want to say right here, the sound design is just immaculate. You have like these whooshing noises. The score ramps up to this high peak. Demons are flying in and there's this noise where it's like them flying towards her. She's running away, going to the house. It is, it is, it is scary. It really does get your blood pumping. I was at, I've seen this movie quite a few times and I still get nervous. Even though I know she's going to make it into the house, I still get nervous when she's being chased by all these, like you said, all the sounds and the, the whooshing. It's still gets me. She's sprinting towards the cabin, screaming, and we already said, remember I said the keys, the doors are locked. So she's scrambling with these keys and trying to find the right key. She drops the keys, and I've seen this, like you said, tons of times. It's still heartbreaking because you can just feel like this, this, the air gets sucked out. And she goes to grab the keys, and she grabs Ash's boot, and Ash has opened the door, and it's there to bring her in. And the demons retreat he's saving the day again i love ash ash, I just... <laughs> ash is the best and we talked about this beforehand they he's so sweet in this movie and they just make him to be a typical action hero i still love ash across the board but they do make him to be more of a typical action hero in the rest of the series yeah evil dead 1981 ash is the best ash but ash brings her in she starts screaming that the woods are alive and she needs to leave and again props to ash typical guy would be like oh, you're crazy, like, we spent all this money, like, let's stay the night, which is what Scotty says. And Cheryl's like, please, Ash, I want to leave, like, can we go? And Ash, being the good boy that he is, decides that he's he's going to drive Cheryl into town. Yeah, and he goes in the car, takes her in there, and the car won't start. And she's panicking, and then she starts rambling that the car's not going to start, and they won't let him leave. Ash gives her, like, this look of, like, what are you talking about? And then the car starts. I love that. It's like the the spirits are like, oh yeah, like we're going to make you seem like you're crazy so none of your friends believe you. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Then they start driving through the woods and they get to the bridge and it is I 
iconic where the bridge is like it's like torn upward yeah it looks like a hand kind of to me at least like the You're hand right, it does yeah uh i do love that the city actually let them destroy a bridge for this well, that's kind of amazing <laughs> so and then the score heavy synth comes in it's eerie it's loud she's screaming because she knows she can't leave now ash is like holding her it zooms out and, and all you see is like the woods surrounding them and it's only illuminated by car lights it is so well done and this is where i say again this is sam raimi's first movie it is a really good film especially like we keep saying it's his first movie yeah and he does this shot where it's only lit by by car headlights and it just pans out and you see the woods like and you can see that they're surrounded by these woods so you know that there's really no escape and it is just so done and then immediately cut to axe smashing wood <laughs> and you know what scotty did scotty put the tape back on you want to listen to that tape a little bit more right oh my gosh scotty scotty's making a big mistake the the tape that scotty's listening to is talking about dismemberment as he's using this axe so ash and cheryl are back in the cabin and Linda and Shelly are playing this card game, trying to guess what card oh, it is. I love the card game scene. It's so good. The two girls are reading the cards, and she's like, oh my gosh, you got it correct. And then Cheryl starts naming them off at a very fast pace, and I believe it's Linda that's going through the cards, is looking at them, and it's like, oh my goodness, she's getting them all right. And then you see her face turn towards them. Yeah, and Cheryl is full-on demon. She's floating, and... Her skin is rotting off, and then the demon voice comes in, which still gives me chills. I have them right now, and it's like two voices, and it's like, oh, we're here to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And then there's another one that's like a normal voice, and it's overlapped, and it is – that probably scared the listener's ears because it uh, was so <laughs> loud, but like it is horrifying. And I love the the eyes too, like the milky white eyes of the evil dead fun little nugget they had to put like these weird super thick contact lenses in their eyes to make that effect and they couldn't have them in their eyes for more than 15 minutes because if not the eyes wouldn't breathe and they could lose sight that is that is horrifying like just, who, who allowed him to do this <laughs> just throw that on top of the shit sandwich that sam raimi created oh my goodness but the eyes look creepy because yeah they're just like these weirdly pale red eyes so this is where this is where cheryl starts to like fight them and then she stabs them in the ankle with the pencil yes the pencil scene the pencil scene is probably one of my favorite gore effects in the film just because it looks so real yeah it always gets me ankle stuff like really freaks me out because once you hit the ankles like you can't walk well it's like pet you ever seen pet cemetery where she yes the kid I, I, casually oh cuts the Achilles. Casually, casually. It kills me. Oh, yep. well, it killed him too. But uh, <laughs> Cheryl just stabs Linda in the leg and the ankle. And it just it's so deep. And the effect is great. And she's twisting it in there. And there's blood pouring out of his ankle. And Linda is just screaming. And it is just so, so well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what does Ash do? Cheryl just whacks him across the face. And he goes three stooges through a bookshelf. Yeah, that's when, when you said Three Stooges earlier, I was like, oh my goodness, that's so accurate. Because, like you said, Ash is just getting smacked around and flying through this cabin. Yeah, he pratfalls, which is the term where you would just look goofy and do a stunt fall like that. He pratfalls all over this movie so many times. He's flying everywhere, and 
it's it's just it's the Bruce Campbell effect. He just adds so much to this. Again, this is gonna be the Bruce Campbell love podcast. We just want to talk about how great <laughs> Bruce Campbell is. But Scotty comes up, and what does Scotty do? Scotty kicks Cheryl in the face and kicks <laughs> Cheryl down in the cellar because the cellar door is open. But there's this a great shot where he's on top of the cellar trying to chain the door on, and it is just shaking underneath him. Yeah, I love that. And um, I believe this is also the scene with the puppet, if I remember correctly. Yes, the shitty Cheryl oh. the fake puppet getting kicked in the face by Scotty. Oh, no. I feel like that is the worst part. Like, that's the worst part of this film when somebody's like, oh, it's an 80s movie. It can't be that scary, right? I'm like, it is scary, except for the puppet. <laughs> the puppet does take you out of it. because It totally does. Yes, it is. It's literally, if listeners doesn't remember, it's just a puppet of the dead Cheryl. <laughs> and it looks like a literal Muppet just getting kicked in the face, like being held up by a stick. So yeah. it does take you out of a second. Um, and then I love this part. Um one, there's more fog and big ass moon is back. But then they just chill in the living room. After all that happens. Right. They're just like, oh, what are we gonna do now? Well, we only have a small Our... cabin, so we might as well just chill back in the living room. And the and the cellar door is still open. So Cheryl is watching them with that creepy POV shot where you're in her perspective looking at them. And Shelly just starts mm-hmm. freaking out. Shelly says the quote, which I love. She's like, why does she keep making those horrible noises? What happened to her eyes? Yeah, I love the what happened to her eyes. That's so good. And now it's in the dark. So all you see is like these creepy eyes. I don't know how you feel about them, but they scare the shit out of me. Yeah, no, uh, those contact lenses are everything. It's it's ridiculous. And like we were saying earlier, like the close-ups of the eyes with Ash and Linda. And then to see Cheryl's eyes, like such a difference, you know? And then goes back into the pov shots shelly's in her room and you pov crash through the window and shelly's gone i i don't understand why they would leave her alone you know like oh like she's just off sleeping it's like excuse me (laughs) but then to add to my case of scotty being an asshole scotty takes his sweet ass time trying to find his literal girlfriend and he sees the glass in her room is broken open and she's not in there and he's just like oh where is she not behind this door oh she's not in here i guess i'll look in the bathroom and then i don't know if you caught this too but what is with the wallpaper in that bathroom i was more because the wall the bathroom scene really because I have a thing with shower curtains. Maybe it's the psycho. Him reaching for that shower curtain and being like, oh my gosh, is there something behind there? Like really got to me. So I did not see the wallpaper. The wallpaper is like yellow wrapping paper. It's not wallpaper in itself. It's just like taped up yellow crinkly paper. (laughs) What? But it just adds to the fact that this cottage looks like crap. Yeah. So then the next scene that we have is Shelly becoming a demon and then all of the scratches, I really love because it looks like she's really like getting in there and all of the blood coming up, like the scratch effects were really good. She's ripping his face apart. Mm-hmm. And then he just casually chucks her in the fire. <laughs> so sad. Shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> I mean, but if you're going to attack by your demon girlfriend, what else are you going to do? It's I get scratched in the face or you're going in the fire. But then this next scene is then it kicks up the scares again. Sellers going nuts. Cheryl's cheering on Demon Shelley. Ash again is getting tossed all over the place. There's a camera shot th- 
through the fire where you're watching this fight happen and there's fire in front of it it looks amazing shelly grabs the dagger to kill scotty scotty grabs the axe and scotty cuts off her hand i love that like you were saying earlier about the uh the talking of dismemberment and now they're doing the dismembering well shelly doesn't help because she just bites her hand off and starts sucking the blood it's oh it's so gross so gross yeah because the sound she's making these like weird guttural moaning sounds while she's sucking her hand the gore looks like she's literally ripped off her hand it's blood everywhere ash scotty and the audience is just watching in horror because these noises and this shot of her just continuously eating her hand her hand then just falls off and Ugh. Scotty, credit where credit's due, grabs the dagger and then just stabs Shelly. The hand still holds on, but he stabs her in the back. That scene was really, it's so, it just, oh, just even thinking about it, just like, ugh, so gross. From my recollection, Scotty's like just hitting her with the axe and stuff still, right? Like after. Yeah, so, so she grabs him again. He thinks she's dead. She grabs mm-hmm. him. He grabs the axe and start dis- he just starts dismembering her immediately. We see Scotty continuing to break his girlfriend into pieces and then you see a shot of her wiggling like just all her different limbs wiggling around and i read bruce campbell's book he has two books out highly recommend and he was talking about the scene where it was the actress that was actually underneath the floorboards and it was actually her limbs so that they could get her to shake and everything so she had to sit in this weird position for hours upon hours and that just goes to show that Sam Raimi will do anything to get that shot. And that actress was just earning that paycheck. <laughs> but it's it's just a great scene. He just starts dismembering her, and you can the music kicks up. It is like the first part where it's like, all right, we're in this because he just killed her. She's done. And they go outside. They bury her, her limbs. They toss her in a hole in the bloody sheet. Um, Scotty slams the cross in the ground, the lightning strikes, another love grows cold on a sleepless night. Here comes the demons and there's this, these shots of the demons rushing towards the cabin. I love those shots. Those POV shots are just so terrifying, especially with how fast they move too. I love how they did those shots is they just put the camera on these two by fours and just had two crew members run through the forest. (laughs) It's just so so great. It's that indie filmmaking where it's like, well, we can't get a camera rig, so y'all are holding this two by four and running together. Yeah. And then Ash is worried about Linda because, you know, the deep ass ankle stab. And Scotty, being an a-hole, says, I don't care what happens to her. I'm getting out of here. And he just leaves. It's so harsh. So harsh. I mean, in his perspective, I guess, his girlfriend, he had to just kill her. And that's pretty much you're done for the night you're out no that i keep forgetting the fact that he literally did just chop up his own girlfriend so the fact that he's being mean to ash probably it's not warranted but it's understandable yeah but it's just i mean you feel for ash because he's like linda she she can't walk he's like i don't care i'm getting out of here scotty's like i'm out ash goes to check on linda and this crazy stop motion possession happens i love it oh i love that the like creeping up her leg so good but then they do her demon dirty because she's just wearing, like, clown makeup. No, she literally looks like a ventriloquist dummy. It, was that on purpose? I don't know. Because but... she just starts laughing. Yeah. And she's playing with her hair, and she's laughing, and then Scotty bursts back in, and Scotty is beat to shit. <laughs> Doesn't he say something like... He says the woods attacked him. 
yes the the trees ash don't you see the trees are alive it's so oh it's so good he looks like he's minutes away from death mm-hmm. and he goes to sit down and cheryl because scotty and ash then have this like heart-to-heart scene where he's saying all those things and cheryl is in the cellar still and all she's doing is mocking them taunting oh it's so so frustrating because she's just mimicking what he says everything mm-hmm. she just said she's just going oh yeah the trees are alive we're all alone and it's yeah it is the demons are in full patrol right now they're in full control for sure yeah and then linda starts linda starts like acting crazy ash goes to grab the gun and then linda and cheryl say oh we're, we're okay now that scene breaks my heart when she's like ash get me out of the cellar i'm fine and oh my goodness it just because you know that he wants to believe it it just breaks my heart yeah i mean because if you're any person you don't want to have to it's his sister and his girlfriend and Mm -hmm. he wants to believe in the bottom of his heart that they're okay but they both go back to being demons and attacking him and Linda's saying that we're going to get you. And Ash just yeets her outside. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> he just takes her, drags her like 20 feet away from the house. And then just goes back inside. He just kind of goes back inside. I love the image of her writhing on the ground. And it's just that spotlight on her. I feel like it's so cool. It is wonderfully done. Because he's like, I'll deal with you later. I'm going to go deal with the demon in the cellar. Right. <laughs> After Ash has dealt with... The one demon put him outside. He comes back in and tries to give Scotty water and is like talking to him like, oh, we're all going to get out of this. You and me and Shelly. And the water's just dripping down Scotty because he's obviously dead. And it just makes me so sad. I know that you found this not as sad as I did. I I was actually like choking up. So I do find it sad because it is like his last grasp of humanity because this is where he just starts to go mad. Ash just loses his mind. And it is sad, but I just like the idea of him being like, oh, my friend's hurt. Well, he just he's just thirsty. We got to get him some water. <laughs> so good. It oh. is so sad. It is heart-wrenching because, yeah, now he's all alone. His last hope was Scotty. And now Ash is by himself and he still has the demon outside. Scotty's dead and you kind of know what's coming. And Cheryl is still in the cellar. I just couldn't even imagine being in that situation. Like, you are the last one. How are you going to get out? Yeah, it, I mean, that is literally it. Because the, we already saw the bridge. He knows there's no escape. Scotty told him that the trees are out to get them. So he is literally all alone. He has to now just survive to daylight. And then Linda comes back in and just stabs him. Because she is still alive. Cheryl grabs him from the cellar. They're both double teaming him. And they're stabbing him. That sounds weird. Uh, they're, both, <laughs> they're, they're both fighting him. And then he pushes Linda onto the dagger. And... Linda falls back on the dagger and it goes right through her chest and she's done. She's dead. So he drags her to the shed and chains her up, bolts her down and goes to grab the chainsaw. Just even thinking about what could have happened with the chainsaw. It's just heartbreaking because this is his girlfriend. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Again, this is your last grip of humanity. Everything's stripped away from your best friend, your girlfriend, your sister. And this is, remember, Scotty had dismembered her with an axe. And now he's looking at this chainsaw and he unchains her. He buries her. And there's this great shot of this dirt just getting poured on the camera like we're getting buried alive. 
Yeah, I love that shot. And I also like that when he's looking at the table, he sees like her normal self. And I feel like that's a really nice touch is he's not seeing the demon that's in front of him when he's about to chainsaw. It's like her. Yeah, he still sees the humanity in them. And he realizes that he's not just fighting demons. These are people. Mm -hmm. And there's that brief sense of humanity. That's why he's like, I'm going to bury her. That's it. I'm going to give her a proper burial. And hopefully that's the end of it. But it's not. She's still alive. She bursts through the grave and grabs his leg. And she just rips his leg up. Oh, it, it kills me. I just, like I said, the scratches, the gore in this film is incredible with all of the scratches and the stabbing of the pencil and the stabbing of the, the knife. It's it's great. He grabs this comically sized beam. Like it's a huge wooden <laughs> yes. beam and then just starts beating the shit out of her with it. It's like you said, three stooges. It just, it's, it is pretty comical. Yeah, it's, I, I, and then he grabs a shovel and then just decapitates her. And it's, that's the, he's, he's the last group of humanity is gone. He decapitates her. Her head just rolls and he goes back inside and the cellar door is wide open. That is so terrifying to me. Oh, it is so scary. Just the, your stomach drops. You're like, no, she's, she made it out. And you have no idea where she's at. There's no noise. It's just him. And this is the scene that I love this whole next segment because he's firing the gun. He goes downstairs to grab bullets from the cellar and blood's dripping now from the ceiling, not water. Ran so the, good. The projector starts playing. Music starts playing. Blood's pouring in the light bulbs. It's pouring over the projector. It's pouring over his face. It's just, it's just ash is slowly slipping into madness. I love the whole, the blood scene from the walls and the light bulb, like you said. And that was the other part of the budget. It was 90% fog, 10% blood, probably more 50-50, but you get the idea. Yeah, there's so much blood because it's just pouring out of every place in this cabin and the projector lights explode. It's awesome. And we're kicking off a finale because Ash goes upstairs and this is... The film aspect that I love is that Sam Raimi starts to do these crazy shots with the camera. He's doing Dutch angles where they're, you know, tilted. We're going upside down. We're flying over Ash's head. We're doing crazy zooms down the hall. We're zooming in on Ash's face. Everything's looking just crazy. And you're, you're just feeling the madness that Ash is overwhelmed with because everything just looks surreal. Yeah, all those different camera angles really work for for this scene. Yeah, and then I the noise when we're overhead on him and he's walking through the cabin and you're passing by all these beams and there's just like this womp, womp noise that I don't even know what it is, but it's like, it just adds to the, what you're seeing is just surreal. Yeah, it definitely adds to the atmosphere of the, of the scene with those sound effects. So then we, he's, he's whomping his way over to the mirror. He puts his hand in the mirror. Now it's made of water. So Ash has lost complete sense of reality. And we got to look at that necklace again real quick. He has his <laughs> sentiments about this glass. He gets grabbed through the door by Cheryl. And he shoots through the door. Then Mealy just picks back up. And then cause, boom. Because <laughs> Scotty's yep. possessed now too. And Scotty's attacking him. Oh, Scotty's makeup. Ugh, he looks... <laughs> uh, it's pretty gruesome. Scotty's makeup is probably the best. Because his face is like rotting yeah. off. Um, and the Necronomicon gets tossed in the fire. Ash realizes that now the possessed people are starting to smoke a little bit. 
because the book is also on fire, Ash pokes Scotty's eyes out. That scene really gets to me. The, the popping and then the oozing. It's hor It's horrible. Ash gets dropped to the ground. You see like claws on the ground where he's like scratching to get to it. And Cheryl grabs a fire poker and starts beating the shit out of him. Scotty's clawing his legs. Cheryl is... I think Cheryl bites him? I think so, yeah. And so, it's just, he's trying as hard as he can to get to this book. But they're just beating the crap out of him. And he gets the, he uses the necklace to get the book and chucks it in the fire. And they stop. It's so eerie. It's so good. And then stop motion decay it is this scene honestly is probably the grossest scene to me in the whole film i cannot watch this scene without feeling sick to my stomach this is probably what got it the ratings that it got and this is what made it him have a lawsuit honestly this next scene is gross as hell shout out to tom sullivan i put this in my notes he did the makeup work in this it ties the movie together because if he wasn't there doing the makeup on this it would just be another low budget film but his work it is just eerie because they start literally rotting oozing bubbling and falling apart on ash it is disgusting and then like the oatmeal look like all the different textures from when they're like rotting and then you see the cockroaches and then the oatmeal looking stuff and the different colors it is so gross and he's just getting covered in blood they're throwing blood at his face chunks of body parts (laughs) covered and then also the hands coming out of the bodies like this blast and then all these different arms coming out is crazy cool yeah there's like these demon hands that burst through their bodies and that then all the blood from that gets splashed on ash's face and and he's screaming and all over the place and just yelling and it's yeah just thrown at him and um in my notes here i have written Bruce looks so handsome, covered in the blood of his friends. <laughs> you, know, you know, whatever people are into. I mean, I will say, Bruce, he's a handsome man. He is gorgeous. I have also written, if there was ever a fairly odd appearance, he would be the Crimson Chin. He yeah. would have to be the Crimson Chin. He is the Crimson. In my mind, when I looked, I said, I thought the same thing today. He's the Crimson Chin. <laughs> That's amazing. It's, it's breathtaking. It is. I mean, the makeup effects are just crazy because his friends are rotting and all of a sudden join us is repeated over and over and over and over again and his friends are dead clock starts over again because the clock froze earlier and the sun comes up and we're saved ash has survived the night barely no i love that whole like the sun is finally rising like you feel a sense of peace now when like the shot of the sun is coming up over the trees and he is relieved and he steps out and then in my opinion the best shot of the movie is right here because you start from the other side of the cabin in the woods behind the house the doors fly open and you fly through the house kicking all the doors open the noise is going the demon noise and it crashes right into ash and boom credits i love that ending scene so much i i can't even find the words to describe it i just it's I mean, perfect because i feel like horror movies do that a lot more nowadays where They'll be like, oh, it's open-ended, or oh, like, they didn't actually kill the thing. But this was done before that was done a lot, so I don't feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's definitely warranted, and it's definitely, like, a cool little twist at the end. Yeah, and I I love, too, that Evil Dead 2 pretty much picks off right where that leaves off. It is immediately right there. And the scene, I love, it was filmed by Sam putting the camera on a bike and riding from the woods through the house 
right into Bruce Campbell. That's so awesome. Sam just knew what he was doing. And that's it. That's, um, that's the Evil Dead. It is the, it's called Splatstick Horror. It, what a fucking movie. If you haven't seen this movie, you need to go watch it. I, I love it. it. I know we both kind of feel the same way. Yeah, highly recommend for sure. If you definitely want to get into horror more, this is definitely one of the movies you need to see. I agree. I think it's not, it, it is scary. It is a great entry level because it still kind of has some fun campiness to it, but it does have some fear, uh, some scariness at the end where you can really, you know, test your limits. It's just, it's just wonderful. It's a great movie. And is there any final thoughts that you have about any scenes that you love or any parts that you love? You want to talk about how Bruce Campbell's great again, because I'm all for it. Right. I just love Bruce Campbell and I want him to be in more things. <laughs> I'm with you because he's really done this. He did burn notice. He's done some acting parts, like some guest roles, but I mean, he's mostly known for this and I, I love Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. So I saw him live actually. Okay. Unfortunately, it costs more to meet him, um, but I got a signed book and we actually watched Evil Dead 2. And then he came out and answered questions and just talked about stories like from the set and from his life. So if you ever have a chance to see him live, I highly recommend. He's he's a good time. That's such a great experience. I'll be honest with mm -hmm. you. This was such a great experience. Thank you so much for being on here. You have been so great. And I cannot wait to have you on again. We're going to talk about Halloween soon. You are such a great supporter of this podcast. So thank you so much. Please take this time to plug anything you like to plug i'm going to step away literally mute my microphone for a second take it away well i know that he has his microphone muted but um i really appreciate coming on the podcast and being able to talk with you about this movie so thank you for having me i'm very excited to talk about halloween i have lots of opinions um i have a etsy shop it is called magical mayhem art so you can find my different art pieces on there and that's all I have. So thank you for having me on. Similarly to what we did with the Quentin Tarantino movies, we're going to be breaking down the Halloween movies from the worst to best. I know me and Liz uh, both have a lot of opinions about those movies, uh, both good and bad. I love the Halloween series, so I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, we're actually going to have uh, your husband on at one point. We're going to do a best sports movie bracket, so that'll be fun. But for you, anytime you want to come on, you are always more than welcome. Thank you for your time. Please visit her Etsy shop. It is great. And as always, be kind and please rewind. Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by DJ Williams. Audio recordings by Clean Feed. Logo created by David Lucas. Purring by Storm.